Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. New study has finally figured out how to get teenagers to eat healthy. You just got to take advantage of the fact that teenagers are kind of programmed to rebel against everything. Researchers at the University of Chicago ran a study where they gave a group of teenagers an article showing them how corporations are manipulating them into eating junk food. (laughs) Isn't that great? Smart. Yeah, the article explained how companies are exploiting them, marketing addictive and unhealthy food to them and getting rich off them as a result. It also emphasized that they especially target young children and people in poor communities. The researchers also had a group of teenagers read an article that just talked about all the healthy benefits of good foods. And they found that the kids who read about how they were being manipulated immediately started making healthier food choices. (laughs) Wow. However, the group that just read about the benefits of eating well, eating fruits and vegetables, did not. The researchers say it is because kids have a powerful instinct to rebel against, well, just rebel, but in this case against food companies and stick it to the people they feel are exploiting them. How about that? Really? Just kind of tell them the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't buy all the junk. It's in how you tell the truth. (laughs) Yeah. And it is time to call it a day on milk for some. It had a good run, but... I don't know. This may be the next thing. Apparently, some major companies are making a huge bet that the next big food craze could be breast milk for adults. Dow DuPont is estimating it could become a billion-dollar market. I don't know if I... I don't know how I feel about this. I don't... I just don't know. It feels like such a personal thing. Like, when you have breast milk in your body, or it just feels very personal. Well, is it real deal breast milk, or is it formula? Well, here's my understanding. Breast milk contains something called, and I can't even pronounce it, uh, it's HMO. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's great for babies because it helps fight infections and inflammations, helps brain development, and gets good bacteria to the colon. Uh, but at this point, the synthetic versions of HMO that are used in baby formula are just about as good as the real thing. And so that's what we're talking about here. The theory is if we took them as adults, it could help with things like allergies, uh, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. But you have to make it taste. I mean, my daughter was on formula and it... It smells horrid. It, it doesn't taste great. At least breast milk is sweet. I bet they if they're gonna make it if they're gonna make it specifically for adults though I bet they can throw stuff in there to make it taste like a margarita. Yeah. Who knows? They'll make it like cocktail yeah. flavor. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's designed for humans compared mm. to bovine. Yeah, which we currently do. True. True. It's weird just to say it out loud. To but say bovine, <laughs> they'll come up with a way to make it somewhat palatable, and then. Yeah. Call it silk or something yeah. that we go buying in droves. So apparently companies are going to start making basically uh, synthetic breast milk targeted at adults. Uh, there's no word on when it could come out, but 
Don't be surprised when it does. Uh, let's see. Right now, there's something on Etsy that might interest Jen. They're selling goth Crocs. I've seen it. So many people have tagged me on the goth Crocs. They've been tagging you, I think, for like the past few days in these Weeks. goth Crocs. <laughs> uh, they're pitch black Crocs that have metal spikes, studs, and chains attached to them. They're hilarious. It's just the spikes are a little bit long. I would be, I, if, I crossed, <laughs> if I crossed my legs, I would stab myself. And be bleeding. Oh wow! They're they're very violent looking shoes. How much are they? They look like they would cost a lot of money. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah, oh, two hundred forty dollars. Yeah. I mean, that you can't get on an airplane with those. There's no way. You couldn't. They would be a weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm good with studs. It's the spikes that's the problem. Right. Good with chains. But it uh, <laughs> it it's probably a great choice for someone who's got way too much money and uh, enjoys <laughs> uncomfortable footwear. Footbo- footwear yeah, be unique. Two hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. No. Mm. Uh, let's see. AI just invented its first. Always feel confident on your second date with help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. New sport by analyzing data on 400 existing sports, and then it spit out a bunch of new sport ideas. And most of them were bad, although there were a few good ones. And researchers decided a sport called Speedgate was the best. And it kind of looks like a combination of rugby, ultimate frisbee, soccer, and maybe a little bit of Quidditch. Here are the basic rules. Each team has six players. You use a rugby ball. And when you have the ball, you can't move, just like ultimate frisbee. So you either have to pass it or try to score. The field is 180 feet long with goals at each end called gates. Each gate is just two posts sticking out of the ground. And you score by kicking the ball from either direction. So from in front of the gate or behind it. There's also a gate in the middle of the field. And this is important because you have to kick, <clears throat> you have to kick the ball through that one first before you can score. So it basically unlocks scoring, and when you do score, each goal is worth two points, or three if a teammate catches the ball and kicks it back through the gate. It's very confusing. It does sound confusing. I was trying to follow, and I was doing really great until you went back to the other team, and I'm like, what? I know, and each game has three seven-minute periods, and then at the end, the team with the most points wins. Uh, the artificial intelligence even created an official logo of a robot playing it, and it came up with the terrible motto, face the ball, to be the ball, to be above the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check out the full rules at playspeedgate.org. The first intramural league is in the works in Oregon, and it could get started this summer. Meanwhile, there's a pretty crazy video out there, and thankfully it has a happy ending. A blind guy 
fell onto a set of tracks at a Bethesda, Maryland subway station near D.C. last week, and a bunch of random people saved him. He was using his cane, I guess, and he didn't realize he was standing at the edge of the platform, and then he stepped off the edge and just fell hard. It took a few seconds for other people in the station to realize what had happened, and then five of them ran in to help. Uh, The guy, God bless him, he managed to get back on his feet, and then three guys grabbed his arm and yanked him back onto the platform just in time. It is surprising the way that those are set up and the way those platforms are with those trains, how there's no railing there or really any kind of safety, anything that more people aren't falling onto tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you think about how many millions of people use the system in each major city that has one every day, that is surprising. Plus, you know, people, when the, when the train approaches, you know how people get real close together and, like, sometimes push you on to the, or off of the subway or train? Like, that's kind of a scary situation, too. I'm surprised at how many people lean over that yellow line just to... See if it's coming? See if it's coming. Is it coming? Is it coming? You can hear it. And you can see the lights. And they're still leaning over that stupid line. Mm-hmm. Stupid yellow line. Yeah. Uh, There was a recent survey that found that 40% of Americans have at least two old cell phones sitting in a drawer somewhere, which you could sell on sites like Gazelle and make a little money. I found it really easy, and I really appreciate, you know, Apple doing this, because when I bought my last laptop, and it's the same when I got my phone, is they provided, um, you know, the recycle kit, basically, for you to get rid of your old stuff. Yeah, at at no cost, and if it's a new enough device, sometimes they'll give you a few bucks for it, and in other cases, I'm just happy to get rid of it because I don't want to dispose of it. I don't want to harm the environment, but at the same time, uh, it makes it easy when they provide the means to do so. Um, there are five ways you could repurpose yours. Another way is you could let your kids use it for video games, which will work as long as they're on Wi-Fi. Um, evidently you can use it as a TV remote. Things like Roku and Amazon Fire let you control the TV with your phone. Again, Man, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, as long as you have Wi-Fi and it's connected to it, that's one method. Uh, you can still use it to read e-books, especially for beach reading this summer so you don't get sand in your current phone or get it wet. You can use it in a virtual reality headset. The ones for phones aren't as good as say an Oculus Rift, but they're still pretty cool. And if you use an old phone, you won't have to worry about burning through the battery on your current phone. And finally, uh, some people are putting it in their glove box and using it as their emergency 911 phone. Really? That's interesting. Well, U.S. law requires that all phones are able to call 911 even if they don't have a data plan. Mm. So they say just, you know, check it every so often to make sure that it's still charged. But... Yeah, I mean, if you're in a wreck and sometimes, like if, heaven forbid, your car rolls over or you get hit, sometimes, you know, your phone can get jostled. It can wind up under a seat or you can't find it. If you don't have Siri or something active, it might be helpful to have a backup in a place where you know it is. Cincinnati's Q102. Guys got big Easter plans this weekend? You know, I'm I'm kicking back and taking it easy. I'm you not are? doing anything crazy at all. My parents usually come on Easter weekend, and we usually go to um, brunch at Trio, which is uh, 
amazing, but they're not going to be here this weekend. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. We're making brunch at our house. Like, I have the ham, and we're making, like, doubled eggs, and we're going to have Bloody Marys nice. and mimosas, and then we're going to Scott's mom's for fried chicken. Yeah, we're going to do a That'll little Easter fun. egg hunt with the nephews, and then going to clean out our renovation house, because we're at that point. Ooh. Like, get it ready to stage. What about you, Jeff? Uh, we're going to New York for brunch. <laughs> nice. And they uh, had a free companion ticket and had to use it or lose it. So. I kind of want to go with you. Yeah, it'll be fun. And, you know, it's interesting because WalletHub just ranked the 100 biggest cities in the country from the best place to spend Easter this year to the worst. And the rankings are based on a number of different factors, uh, including the percentage of the population that is Christian. Uh, they consider churches per capita, brunch restaurants, uh, candy and flower shops, egg hunt events, and the weather forecast. And I'm pleased to report that Cincinnati came in fourth place just behind New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Did the church just tip us over the edge? I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, it's the great brunch places, right? We do have That's amazing true. brunch places here. We really here. do. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, in my opinion, has amazing brunch, too. But Cincinnati's a close. Yeah, I would say... You know, as a kid, obviously, it was fun, like, getting up and going to church because the choir always sang songs in just such a powerful and majestic way. And it was always songs that you didn't normally hear throughout the year. You know, there were those real inspirational, uplifting church songs. And then afterward, you know, we would either go to brunch after or there would be an Easter egg hunt. And um, that's probably... My favorite tree is the brunch afterward. It's the it's the fellowship afterward because you're involving relatives and you're involving friends that you don't get to see all the time. I'm interested when you guys were kids, did the Easter bunny just leave your basket at your house or did the Easter bunny hide your basket in the house? Empty basket and then everything that goes in the basket is around the house. I would have to go looking. It's Easter egg hunt in the house and everything is hidden and I would have to go find it. Oh, really? That's oh, yeah. interesting. Ours yeah. was just kind of left. Um, but we we were talking that evidently there's like a bunny, the Easter bunny sometimes just hides your basket at your yeah. house. And I don't know how I feel about the that. Easter bunny knew that my parents really enjoyed watching my frustration when I could not find it. Oh, I bet that was fun. <laughs> Oh, I bet that because was a my lot brother of would find it in two seconds, <laughs> and I would be, you know, an hour in and just say, give up. I don't, I don't need a new bathing suit or some candy. I don't care. <laughs> what about your bunny, Jeff? So the bunny actually came over. The Easter bunny came over to the house. Oh, nice! Gave us Easter baskets, and it was our job to go hunting around the house and fill the basket with eggs that were hidden, eggs and candy and toys and, and whatever, and else. money. Money? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my Money. God. Yes. Oh, I remember finding REO Speedwagon's High Infidelity album behind a curtain one year. <laughs> That's a good album. And thought that was like the greatest thing ever. I am loving good. these ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's it's limitless. The yeah. things you can the do. The bunny, yes. man. He's got some good what stuff going on. What he is going to do at your house, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. So let's put it out there. Well, uh, we don't have a ton of time here. We got pick your purse coming up, but uh, I want to come back to this a little later and uh, get some other ideas here. Yeah, you know, as we're heading into the Easter weekend, I know I love the weather, and I just love that everything is turning green. I and you know we've had much more brutal winters in the past. This wasn't all that bad. We had a couple of 
cold snaps and I think maybe one or two visits of the polar vortex there for a couple of days. But that felt like a relatively mild winter still. It's so great to see the greenery in. Well, Sunday Easter is supposed to be like the pick day of the weekend. It's supposed to be, I think, like 72 or 74 or something and gorgeous. That's great. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.